Stephen Schaff. Today's guest is the founder and CEO of Community Vision Solutions. He is a social entrepreneur who combines expertise as a housing and community developer, political activist, and social solution strategist to build scalable economic equality solutions. He'll share insights about his work and his superpower. I'm your host, Devin Thorpe. Welcome to the Superpowers for Good show, where we empower you. Steve, welcome. It's a thrill to catch up with you here at the Super Crowd. Uh, thanks, Devin. I'm uh, really uh, glad to be here and look forward to the conversation. Yeah. You know, it's uh, it's been so fun. Uh, you, you attended Super Crowd 22 last year, and mm-hmm. uh, since then we've had an opportunity to become well acquainted. And I count mm-hmm. you as a friend, and I'm grateful for the work that you're doing. And so you're in the process now of spooling up Community Vision Solutions, Benefit LLC. Tell us about your vision for this new company. Well, Community Vision Solutions LLC is a startup, but it's based on 35 years of my experience working in a cross-sector kind of way, uh, improving communities. I started out as an affordable housing developer, and then quickly learn that, you know, rebuilding communities is requires much more than just housing. It requires uh, arts and building a sense of community and a lot of other things that need to come together, job creation, uh, so on, et cetera. So we founded uh, Community Vision Solutions uh, last year as a startup. And our uh, goal is to initiate, facilitate and agitate for the common good. Uh, so we are a social consultancy. We are provide service uh, collaborative uh, for our partners on the ground. We're activists and we're also investors. So our goal is to work closely with community-based organizations that, based on our paradigm, just don't have the resources, the business savvy, or the ability to stand up to the market forces or or capital or resources from outside uh, uh, initiatives that uh, are not necessarily for the common good. Yeah, yeah. What are some examples of projects that you want to undertake at uh, Community Vision Solutions? Well, again, this is based on all these years of my work. And I always thought, you know, that small nonprofit or the faith-based organization that we rely on to help create affordable housing or preserve the uh, community in the arts, which is an incredibly important part of our, our culture and our ability to cross racial lines and a whole bunch of other things. It just needed much more of a uh, mechanism to succeed. So uh, an example of what we've done is, you know, the typical arts organization that gets that phone call from the landlord saying, uh, guess what? Thank you for improving our community. Now we're going to be putting the property up for the market. Well, instead of that, the uh, uh, arts organization, you know, bemoaning the fact that they got to pack up and move from the community they help uh, create, uh, we work with them to rec- to uh, find solutions. Can we put together a coalition or network of uh, I- investors, developers, or other uh, uh, community stakeholders so that that nonprofit that may not have any money or resources or, c- or capacity to do this, can we create a joint venture that would preserve that property, buy the property, and then develop that in a way that benefits the community? Uh, one example, a couple of years ago, just as the pandemic was was kicking off, involved an arts organization that had been there for years and was well uh, a real anchor. Uh, gentrification forces uh, in the D.C. area were phenomenal. 
Uh, and we said, look, you know, I think we could bring, you know, together the capital, find the pre-developed money to determine whether this is a feasible project. So long story short, as an affordable housing developer myself, I know where some good mission developers are out there that would partner up with this little nonprofit that had the ability to tie up this multi-million dollar property because we were working with them and we helped find the money to tie up the property. And then once they had the property under control, then we invited investors and, and developers to take a look at it. And the ones we work with recognize, okay, we could partner up with this little arts organization, give them a little bit of the equity. We'll do the housing part, which based on our numbers would be a well, uh, a good investment. And then we'll have a partner on our, camp, uh, you know, our property that would be basically a campus of affordable or arts housing, uh, arts activities, which are great for communities, and extra space to, to house business incubators or other things. So in other words, that arts organization, instead of getting displaced, is now going to be a part owner of a project that would really be a, a campus, an epicenter, to uh, impact that entire community. So that's an example. Yeah. And that kind of model is something we took and created our signature initiative, which I call the Community Alliance Project. And it's literally that. How can we align ourselves with community stakeholders and create projects like this that don't get torn from the communities, but actually become an alternative to market forces that come in? And by the way, I, I have no, no, no objection to market forces, you know, earning uh, you know, uh, profits. But we need alternatives where something like this could happen because we put together the expertise, the political and uh, community uh, mechanisms, the nonprofit mechanisms, so on, et cetera, attracted social investors. So fast forward, we found that uh, crowdfunding is a tool that is relatively new that we want to inject into this kind of uh, uh, opportunity for maybe smaller scale kind of projects small businesses that can, uh, uh, especially in, in black communities, that can be created to, to take advantage of the phenomenal growth and waste to management kind of recycling businesses that could be set up with wraparound collaborators can help provide the blueprint of how you set up a you know, computer or appliance uh, warehouse, uh, uh, remanufacturing uh, organization and crowdfunding can provide the capital to set these uh, kind of businesses up, which can employ local employees, uh, which could help house people in the communities they live and work in. And 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 if they're in a community like we were just talking about with the arts organization, their kids can go to, to that arts organization and, and really discover strength with themselves that unfortunately they don't find in our schools today because I don't know about your community, but uh, you know, DC area, you know, school arts and music programs, and in some cases, sports programs are cut. Yeah, yeah. So there's a better you, way to do this. Yeah, yeah. This is it's brilliant to see that your your vision for what community vision solutions will be as as you uh, as we get ready for Super Crowd 23, which is coming right up, uh, you're going to be leading a panel discussion about uh, social entrepreneurship. Tell us a little bit about uh, your vision for that discussion. Well, I'm I, as much as I'm an idealist, I, I know in order to, to satisfy my, my idealism, you got to be realistic. 
So I always, when I first started out, I would go into these communities and I started out back in the 80s when, you know, a lot of the language we know now, like, you know, social responsibility wasn't part of the, 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 the nomenclature. I would have to announce to people, I'm a for-profit developer with a nonprofit mission. Like, you know, the nonprofits were wary of me, the investors were wary of me, but after a while, you know, the investors were like, wow, this guy's finding all these really good deals that we, we never heard of. The nonprofits saying, wow, this guy's been like saying this and He's actually doing this. My whole point here is I think change, it can be better driven by social enterprise, partnering with those that we as a society uh, rely on to keep our communities healthy, faith-based communities, nonprofits, so on, et cetera, who all are incredibly under-resourced. And the paradigm they're working on under is absolutely flawed and has been for generations. So what's a way to, to recognize that rebuilding our communities is a multi-billion dollar opportunity, let alone a moral imperative too, by the way. So how can we use social enterprise to go in there, work with nonprofits and our, our community uh, stakeholders in a way that provides a real alternative to the status quo, profit-driven at any cost, let's rebuild communities that have no, uh, you know, uh, texture or 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 uh, character and let's destroy the character that these communities used to have especially in the uh, black communities so so our perspective is social enterprise as a better way to to create this change and needs to be uh created in, uh, or scaled to be able to compete against the uh the uh status quo the problem though is in my experience most mission-driven nice, uh, you know, uh, business people out there still, you know, still have that, you know, need to, to, to make money. So the point is, how do we have a social enterprise strength that preserves the integrity of the social mission? And that's where it took me literally a couple decades to show that, okay, I'm strange. Uh, people before profit for us was not a motto. It was true. I could demonstrate that a couple of times where I chose people over profit and I, I, <laughs> I suffered, but I look at that as not a failure. I look at it as you can do this and with integrity, uh, with treating people with dignity, particularly in communities that never get treated with dignity, BIPOC underserved communities uh, all throughout America. If we create these partnerships and bring the tools, resources, and that's the way to do it. And then what happens then is more conventional businesses will look at it and say, hey, they're making money doing this way. Maybe we should start changing. Maybe we should stop mining, you know, uh, uh, for coal and really start speeding up our, our conversion to, to what's inevitable. And we'll have a market for that. We'll still be profitable. We'll still be in business. So my whole point here is social enterprise with an equal mission to for financial and social returns can happen. And it is a huge opportunity that I'm just wondering when everyone else is going to discover this. Well, it is being discovered slowly, but too slow. And we need to mobilize capital, the passion, the experience, the people on the ground, the people power. I've seen this over 35 years of doing this of several communities that people were afraid to go into then and now are not only healthy, but they were rebuilt by the community that was there. Those that we were able to get to soon enough. There's others where, you know, entire corridors in D.C., it's like, forget it. it. It just gentrified over two or three years. 
We're like the West East Coast version of San Francisco. Everything in DC is gentrified. It's not Chocolate City anymore like it was when I lived here, at first moved here, which is really cool. DC was had a very proud Chocolate City uh, character, and now it's still you know not a, a great deal of, of, of black culture and 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 Latino culture. Uh, but the lament is that it's dwindling, yeah. and we're running out of uh, ways to preserve, you know, healthy communities that really serve the common good. Yeah, it's going to be a great discussion. I'm excited for your your panel discussion at Supercrowd 23. It's going to be great. As as I look at your career, you have really done and accomplished a lot, and you you have achieved. Uh, you know, really tremendous wisdom and insights. I really respect your opinions. Uh, I've learned to really value you as a key part of my network. What do you see as your superpower? I had a feeling you'd ask this question. You know, <laughs> I, I thought about it. And when I first started hearing or learning about you or listening to your podcast, I thought, you know, that, that's kind of, you know, a silly question. I thought, no, no, not really, because uh, people like us who don't follow the normal, let's get a nine to five job. No, nothing wrong with that. You know, there, there's got to be superpower, whether it's tenacity or fortitude or I don't know, a degree of stupidity. Why do we keep going through this path, even though we could have made so much more money this way? So I thought about that. And I thought, well, maybe it's because you know, maybe my superpowers. I got perspective, this and that and the other. But over the years, um, I, I heard this so many times that people I knew that knew everyone. Who, of course, you know, usually people you admire and do great things, they would say, you know, they would turn around to me and say, you know, everyone. I'm like, no, you know, everyone. Then I realized, wait a minute, you know. So, you know, I thought, okay, I, I'll, I'll agree. I'm a connector. But my superpower is uh, one of my associates said to me, no, you're not quite a connector. I said, what? He said, you're, you're, you're a weaver. I thought, weaver? I thought he called me weasel. <laughs> said, no, you're a weaver because what you do is beyond a connector, a connector role. You connect people and think about and, and you get some things done. And I thought, are you kidding me? My whole career, you know, I've been scraping and scrapping, you know, again, my principles prevented me from being super rich. Not that I needed to be super rich. And I thought, well, and I look back on my career, it's like, yeah, everything that I started, initiated, facilitated or agitated for with the exception of my own housing business, which got blown to smithereens in the in the housing complex uh, crisis, the, the, I realized that he's right. And that's a superpower. And, you know, my friend, you are a superpower, too, because weavers bring people together. And people then make things happen. And in many cases, weavers don't leave any fingerprints or don't get the credit. I started some really cool things like 20, 25 years ago. And I'm so proud of these things that are still here and, and have made my, my own community, literally my own community, in better in this. Uh, and hardly anyone knows my role in being the spark to all this. And at first, you know, when I was a little young, it's like, man, I want credit. But I realized, no, no, no. The fact of the matter is my whole community has changed. There's thousands of children in my neighborhood now that are so much better off the whole community. I don't have to have that. So my whole point here is weavers get stuff done and they have a certain impatience to get even more done. <laughs> so I guess that's my super, and they'll keep pounding and pounding and pounding away. Yeah. You know, as you notice, I'm a little, little in my senior years and I can't imagine not doing this until, you know, I have no, no breath left. And uh, I think yeah. that's cool. So. 
Yeah, that's a great superpower. And I, I believe it too. I see it in, 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 as I've gotten to know you, I see you weaving together a magnificent tapestry of, of people and organizations to achieve great things. And so I'm excited about what you're going to do with that superpower. Now, as you look back though, can you think of a specific example you could share with us of when you used your weaving to accomplish something you're proud of? How much time do we have? <laughs> uh, so, so again, uh, referring back to what I was just saying is uh, there's been a number of things. And the, by the way, the other thing that I'm really proud of and I didn't realize was unique is after the housing uh, market blew up in DC, uh, I was literally in the worst neighborhoods organizing, getting rid of crime, all this sort of thing, because I had all these great relationships and networks uh, and doing this. And then we were going to, after the housing, creating a couple hundred housing uh, home ownership opportunities. So we, then we're going to be working on the commercial side of things, et cetera, et cetera. I guess the, my biggest accomplishment was when we, we took one of the most nasty drug infested neighborhoods and over a three or four year period, literally came in there and put it together. Now, here's a white boy going in the hood. And I knew for a fact that any white boy going in the hood, no matter how wonderful you think you are, is always going to be, uh, you know, uh, received with the skepticism. So I guess the best thing that I was able to do is was demonstrate to folks that one, first of all, you got to every I you have to re- treat everyone with respect, dignity, and communicate. So I'd go into the communities with some back track record and say, look, you know, I'm here not to help you people, which you know is absolutely offensive, but it's let's work together and you have to be the leaders and I'll bring some of the stuff together and let's work together. And if I stray from that, then hit me upside the head. Uh, so I guess what I'm saying is even in the most unusual circumstances, you know, this white boy, I've lived and worked in these communities almost all my life. Uh, so it's kind of fun, you know, defying that that uh, that uh, image. But I guess the point I'm making is uh, combining all these these sectors together. Uh, so after housing, uh, 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 here's my point. So after the housing, uh, a blow up and, and for us it was 2000, a little bit early because we were literally in the worst parts of the community. We were the first to get wiped out. Uh, uh, a friend of mine said, you know, I said, well, you know, I, everything's blown up and I don't want to go work for the, the, the man, so to speak, you know, and I'm going to stick to my principles, which basically means I'm, I'm going to be, you know, scraping it. And he, and he reminded me that I've worked in so many different sectors and basically had three careers an activist, a, a, a affordable housing developer, which is really tough business and a few others. Uh, and he said, you know, you, you, you've done so many things. You, you have too many choices right now, which he was, he was true. My, my, I guess what I, I would say then is I'm most proud of the fact that I've been able to work deeply within these sectors, both deep in the communities, but also on a national basis, living in DC, wonderful city, despite its problems. Uh, it is a wonderful city. It's also, you know, if you might have heard, you know, the the, the capital city. So literally, I, I was very plugged into the real deep grassroots uh, organizing. In the same afternoon, I could be on the hill, literally talking with, you know, progressive co- Congress people who, you know, were were trying to beat back some of the authoritarian, you know, uh, ideas that we're, we're struggling with now. So my, I guess what I'm saying is, uh, and that kind of uh, uh, relates to. You know, that arts organization I helped create in my own community that has literally transformed our community, created a couple hundred million dollars in activity uh, or the housing project in, in, in on Brandywine Street, where we literally transformed an entire drug infested neighborhood. 
uh, or plugging in with people that uh, have you know a great uh, uh, business and, uh, and uh, job creating uh, activities that we want to help bring to the entire nation uh, with uh, our, our next uh, you know generation once we raise some of our own capital to to uh, you know create the capacity to, to build this out so yeah. Well, it's fantastic. Now, uh, Steve, as you think about weaving as a talent, a skill, a superpower, how would you coach someone? So you've got a team you're building. How would you coach your team members to employ this, to expand your ability to weave by having them weaving? To How would you coach them to weave? I think the best way to really uh, move uh, things forward, especially as complicated as, as you know, uh, community revitalization is, is make sure everyone works to their strength and their desire. I, I'm horrible at administration. I can do it, but please take everything on. So let me work to my strength. What is, what is your strength and what gets you jazzed every day to not only get motivated to work hard for something that is not easy. We're not picking easy. And how do we do it all the way where it's coordinated and we're literally all of us, we're working to our, our, our full strength and creating a sense of purposefulness. Uh, I've attracted some really good collaborators who don't work with me because they were doing okay with what we're doing, but they look at what we've put together here and realize, wow, I can not only, you know, generate hopefully, you know, decent income as we, once we raise capital, but uh, it'll be real purpose. And a lot of people don't recognize how important a meaningful and purposeful uh, occupation is so that that to me is very important that everyone is literally uh, invested in the way they want to be invested and that's that's I think how we make progress trying to have someone do something they really don't want to be doing every day we have very little room for that kind of uh, inefficiency and plus I don't want to make someone do something they really don't want to do let's find someone who just loves paperwork for example and there's some people that are great administrators great you do that I'm more of a people person. Uh, Aaron uh, Shalom, who's my uh, young CEO, uh, has you know tremendous talents that uh, clone me, uh, and he's of the next generation. So all of my networks and all that stuff will be you know conveyed to him, so that you know one day when I'm no longer here, he has these networks. So yeah, so the idea here is how do we we bring people together uh, and 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 make sure everyone is as passionate as I feel working this because you're kind of like doing this on my behalf. It's like, well, if you're going to do that, then let's make sure everyone gets peace. And by the way, Community Vision Solutions uh, aspires to be an employee-owned uh, uh, shop as well. Again, if you're going to come in here and help me achieve my mission and you know provide some financial benefit for me, then everyone's got to get a piece of this. And that's how I think then the whole uh, pie gets bigger, and that's how we scale. Yeah, fantastic. Well, Steve, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. Uh, before we wrap up, I want to invite you to take a minute and uh, tell people how they can learn more about Community Vision Solutions and how they can connect with you. Well, uh, my whole career, we've I've never really marketed or self-promoted, so we're not exactly the most polished, branded uh, organization right now. Uh, so the most the direct way to, to find out about us is uh, go to our website, uh, c-vsolutions.com. You'll have enough information there. Uh, check us out on LinkedIn. Uh, you'll get a little more information there. 
and if you're interested, uh, reach out to us. We'll share some information. We're very interested in hearing about what you are doing because, again, we all need to work together. So those are two ways. Uh, we'll be building out our social media uh, throughout the year. Uh, and uh, next year, of course, we'll we'll have, you know, all the, the branding tools we would need. But right now, you know, it's all word of mouth, reputation. Uh, and frankly, our information is, is relatively minimal. So c-vsolutions.com, check it out and uh, reach out. Love to hear from you because we are Uber collaborators. <laughs> that is true. That is true. So well said. Well, Steve, thank you very much for taking the time to be with us today. Uh, we wish you every success in growing uh, Community Vision Solutions and making it into uh, a full realization of your vision. Thank you, Devin. Appreciate it. We'll be doing a uh, launch our own crowdfunding in the next month or so. We're working with some great pioneers in the area. Jenny uh, Casson is our attorney at Main, and we're going to be using Main Street crowdfunding. Michael Schumann. We have a whole bunch of really great senior advisors. Check us out and uh, let's uh, work together uh, to change the world. We can generate income and social benefits at the same time. So let's do it. All righty. Thanks, Thanks a bunch, Steve. Appreciate now, everything you do. Thank you. Now let's do some good. Thank you for tuning in to the Superpowers for Good show. Twice each week, we host changemakers who share their impact, insights, and superpowers. Don't miss another episode. Subscribe today at superpowersforgood.com. That's superpowers, number four, good.com. Be super empowered. Get your copy of the book, Superpowers for Good, as an ebook, audiobook, paperback, or hardcover edition via your favorite online retailer. Interested in having me speak to your company, organization, or association? visit devonthorpe.com. Then let's talk. Now keep using your superpowers for good. Together we can reverse climate change, improve global health, and eradicate poverty.